up, everybody? Welcome back. Sorry to interrupt back with you for episode two of this week. Episode number two of our throwback Thursday. Another good NBA one in here. That's right, man. Another good NBA one here for us, man. How are you? Good. How are you? Doing all right, man. Doing all right. Getting through another week. It seems like the weeks are going by pretty fast, honestly, despite not much going on. Despite nothing happening in our, you know, just losing days of our lives. We're still aging, you know. We are still aging. And it seems like pretty quickly. Like, we are a week and a half from Memorial Day. That's freaking insane. I know, man. You do anything uh, nice with the weather yesterday? Just hung outside a lot, man. Um, just trying to just chill outside. Did a little bit of work outdoors. So that was good. And just nice. enjoyed the weather. Been playing a lot of NBA 2K lately. Um, 2K20? So that's been fun. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't buy that one. It's a pretty good game, man. It's I play fun. the show a lot. Uh, oh, yeah? What are you yeah. Doing? Are you doing like a fantasy league? Did you create your own Did you create your own team in like a dynasty league? What are you doing? I created my own player, but I play online a lot. Good so, deal. Yeah, I play online a lot. Um, trying to get in a league with Will. It's like a fantasy draft kind of thing. I don't know. He plays a, a lot more than I do. All right. Well, I mean, it's something more to pass the time, right? Did you get out on the course yet this week or what? No, I didn't. Um, I'm looking to get out either this weekend or next week. Um, I found out one of my cousins is receiving a set of uh, golf clubs for his birthday, so maybe for his birthday. I will uh, not to spoil it. He's getting them on Sunday, but that asshole probably doesn't listen, or at least he doesn't listen on time. <laughs> so a bad guy. I'll take him out for uh, his first round of golf for his birthday. Wow. Look at you. <laughs> yeah, I get, I get a little something out of the gift too, right? I was just going to say, obviously there has to be some kind of motive for you to do that. Um, yeah, I went for a nice walk. Oh, yeah? Yeah, Where'd I went for go? a nice Did walk you? to the beach yesterday and back with uh, the lady friend. Nice. There you go. Sounds nice, man. Yeah, it was a good day. Gorgeous out. Good. Yeah, dude, tomorrow's going to be like 80, so we'll take it. Hey. I think like we finally, I think we finally turned the corner. Oh, for the weather, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I really do too. Weather. I was gonna say you're bugging <laughs> if you think we turned the corona corner. Not, not for anything else. I didn't think we were talking about COVID. But anyway, man, let's just uh, let's just forget about that right now, and let's turn back the clock to 2006, May 22nd, 2006. That is when, honestly, one of the best second round games that should have been a, a at least a conference final uh game was held and it was game seven between dirk's mavs and the duncan parker ginobili spurs um in the western conference semifinals in san antonio uh this game was awesome um obviously we went to round two we did round one last week and honestly if you're gonna look at second round series this is probably among the best of the last 20 years wouldn't you say yeah, I agree with you. This was a very back-and-forth series. I um, thought the Mavs were going to wrap it up in six, but then they mentioned on the broadcast Terry got suspended for a game, and that gave the Spurs a chance to send it into a game seven. Yeah, man. So just a quick rundown of the series. So Spurs win a close 187-85. Uh, they had home court in the series. They were the defending NBA champs from 05. They ended up winning again in 07. So this year... Um, you know, they were looking for a, what would have been a three-peat. So 
Spurs win a close one, 87-85 at home. Game two, three, and four, Dallas takes care of business. They win game two on the road, come back to Dallas, win a one-point game in game three, win a five-point game in game four, and then they have a chance to close it out up 3-1. Spurs win a one-point game. You mentioned Jason Terry getting suspended for game six. The Spurs won that one by five. And then we came back to San Antonio for a game seven. Um, pretty interesting uh, tidbit here before we go into the into game seven. The total difference in points scored in this seven-game series was 28. So that goes to show how evenly matched this series was. Yeah. Um, my biggest takeaway from this series is how much I hate Bruce Bowen. Yeah. I don't like him. I mean, listen, I don't know the guy, so I would just I guess I could just say I don't like him because I can't hate him because I don't know him. But I do not like him as a player, and I like him even less as an analyst. What turned him off so much to you from a – from a player standpoint. I don't know what it is. I mean, you would think I would like this kind of player, a guy that fights on defense, but I think he gets away with a lot of ticky-tack fouls, um, which a lot of good defensive players do. But, I mean, he's terrible offensively. Everybody, if you didn't watch a Bruce Bowen game, you'd say, oh, well, he's a 3 and D guy. He can knock down corner threes. He can't even do that. You know how many threes he was short on today? Every time he shot the ball, I was laughing because of how short he was. Yeah, he made he made uh, he made one in this game. Um, but he shot like right. six. I mean, yeah, he did. He went he went one of five shooting the three ball. And you're right. I mean, he was a menace. But on that team, that's really all he had to be. I mean, he wasn't going to be asked to be. It's kind of like what Pat Bev is in uh, L.A. Right? Like he's not asked to be a twenty five point you know scorer every night. He has to be. Uh, a menace. He has to be a pain in the ass. He has to D up and not back down against the other team's best defender. We saw Pat Bev and KD get into a lot of uh, shit last year. And that's honestly what Bowen's role was on this team. Yeah. No, for sure. Just don't like him. <laughs> that's, that's fine. Alright, so let's get into this game. So, we start off, first of all, great broadcast team on TNT. You had Marv Albert, who was into it in this series and Steve Kerr, just Steve Kerr with him, no Chris Weber. Those two were great and Cheryl Miller doing the sideline. I thought it was just a great broadcast right off the bat. Yeah, you could have thrown Ernie Johnson in there and it would have been just as good, but I mean when you have Kerr and Cheryl Miller doing the sideline, that's an all star team in itself right there. Absolutely, man. Kerr was such a good color guy mm-hmm. on, on TNT. Just I mean, enough. He born. veered off just enough and then would come back to the game. He's not like a Bill Walton or a um, or a Jeff Van Gundy where it's like you're. he's going on on this bullshit for 10 minutes. Like He'll come off the game when it's needed and then go right back into it. Yeah, no, exactly. And he had a great, you know, he had a great flow for the game and knowing, you know, it's Marv's call. It's Marv's, you know, it's his game. And he was just there to pepper in his, his two cents as a former player. And I think it was just a really good broadcast. So let's get into the first quarter here. And Dallas just comes off, you know, just first half. I mean, you could basically just say it was all Dallas. Yeah. Well, I thought what was interesting to start was they mentioned that they just came right out of the gate and they were double teaming Duncan. Because there was nobody who could stop Duncan one-on-one. Duncan was just a monster in this game. We'll talk about him later. Yeah. But they start by double-teaming him, and it caused San Antonio to really, you know, get out of whack. You know, 
with just to start off, Dallas takes a nine to two lead. They made they made their first four shots. They begin the game thirteen of fifteen from the field, led by five with two twenty left in the first, and they finish the first quarter, dude, shooting fifteen of eighteen and leading by ten. I mean, that's just scorching hot. And you kind of figured, how much longer could this keep going, right? Well, as we'll talk about at the end of the second half, pretty much went the entire first half. Oh yeah, just looking at their numbers. They were super efficient, but they also were just taking some crazy shots that were going in. Yeah, no, it was definitely their day. It was definitely their day to start off. I mean, there was a lot of shots that, aside from Dirk, who's pretty much automatic from half court in, especially with that fadeaway mid range jumper. And but the thing with Dirk was, and you saw it early, he just wasn't. Posting people up, shooting that fadeaway mid-ranger, or going to the three-point line. He was attacking the hoop as well. Yeah, this wasn't 2011 Dirk in the NBA Finals, you know, that tour de force. I mean, this was much more post-step, get the ball in the low block, and just be ultra-aggressive down low. This was was before he was really taking those shots. I don't know if that was coaching or if that was just where his game was at that point. Well, they said it on the broadcast a lot. Whether you like him or not, Avery Johnson coached this team to get to a finals, and he coached up Dirk to be more of an outside-inside player, have both parts of his game, as opposed to what he was before, which was just a shooter. Yeah, and he would go on to win the MVP, you know, the next year in 07. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so we see San Antonio, dude. I mean, we talked about how good Dallas was. San Antonio had a stretch where they were five minutes without scoring. And into the 625 mark in the second quarter, they had made one field goal in six minutes. So I mean, for it was, as good as Dallas was, they were horrible. I mean, Tony Parker was good in spurts. The only two consistent players for the Spurs throughout the entire game were Manu and Tim. Yeah, Manu made some big shots down the stretch. Duncan was just a force in this game. You end the half with Dallas on 14. You know, it could have been worse. They led by as many as 20. And San Antonio saved off, which, you know, a lot of teams, yes, I'm going to use my classic term, battle test at Tom. Mm-hmm. A lot of those kind of teams. Been a while. They, they would have just, pulled, it has been. You know, you try to pull it home when it's necessary, you know what I'm saying? It's a term that can't be loosely thrown around here. Yeah, sure. Uh, uh, but, uh. Till, but till the Yankees come back and it's game three and you're going to be telling me how some relief pitcher that's never pitched before is battle tested now. No, 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 no. That's only going to be safe for Tanaka. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, a, a more rookie team or, or a team that wasn't as proven as San Antonio probably just folds up and this game gets out of hand and Dallas runs them out of the gym. Um, so to make it a 14-point game at the half, I thought that was a pretty big deal, and, and the Spurs ended up making five of their last six shots, so they had momentum going into the third quarter. Yeah, I mean, finishing off with the first half, I mean, they had a stat – they had the stat line coming up right before the half ended. The Mavs were shooting 24 for 32, 75% field goal percentage, 5 for 7, 71% from 3, and then they were 100% on their free throws, most of those obviously, by a 90% shooter in Dirk. So, I mean, you can't draw it up better than that in the first half for Avery Johnson. No, you really can't. They played about as well of a first half as you could possibly play. Any takeaways? From from the first half, I mean, the one thing that I took away was that the Dallas Mavericks team was significantly deeper than 
the San Antonio Spurs. I mean, you have the big three, I guess you could call it, of the San Antonio Spurs. Then you have Michael Finley, and then a massive drop-off where you have 7th, 8th, and ninth men coming off the bench for the Mavericks and making an impact. You know, it's interesting you make that comment because I didn't really pick up on that in the first half. I kind of figured, hey, they're they're keeping a short rotation because these are the guys that are going to be the reason they come back. It was more into the third and fourth quarters where I realized how how much deeper Dallas was because you have a Keith Van Horn coming off a bench. You have a Jerry uh, Stackhouse. A yeah, Jerry Stackhouse. You have uh, yeah, Jock playing Jop some huge minutes. Yeah, exactly. Even Devin Harris, he didn't do much in this game, but you know Devin Harris is still in the league. He's a good player, so he was on this team too. They went, uh, they went three deep, and you know you you're looking at San Antonio, the three deep that they played. They really didn't have anybody. And yeah. I, I'm sorry, I meant four deep for Dallas. Um, so you had into, that was really just my takeaway. Anything else for you for the first half? Um, I think the biggest player in this series and the biggest player over the two year big run for the for the Mavs here before they had a second run, was Josh Howard. I mean, he made an all-star team the year after. This is when he really started to blossom. He was a great scorer back in the day and a really good defender. Oh, dude, I'm so happy you brought him up. I was going to save him for later, but let's do this now. I mean, he was unstoppable at points in this game, particularly in the first half. Foul started off hot. Did him in. He did. Foul troubles would did him in. I mean, he played almost 36 minutes in this game, shot 7 of 12 from the field, 1 of 3 from threes, ended up finishing with 18.6 boards and 3 assists. And you just kind of wonder what he could have been in today's game, or even if he had a little bit more of a sustained career. Because Yeah, I mean, he played 11 years, but there was really only like 3 or 4 peak years. Right. Yeah, no, I agree with you. But that's the thing with this Mavs team, was that when he got into foul trouble, you still have a Jerry Stackhouse that can come in and give you some huge minutes and play really well. Absolutely. Yeah, Stackhouse was big in this game. Um, so let's head over to the third quarter now, man. So it's a 14-point lead for Dallas. And early into the third quarter with 10 minutes left, Eric Dampier picks up his fourth foul. And they've been you know, struggling to guard Duncan the entire game. Duncan was getting his way as much as he ever wanted. Uh, Dallas leads by 10 with nine minutes left in the third. Um, but what was amazing here, man, is just under eight minutes to go. Here's a takeaway for you. That's when Tim Duncan got his first rebound of the game. Yeah. It was it was interesting to see. He was scoring a lot, obviously, on the post-up. His classic moves, drawing a ton of fouls, and he shot pretty good from the free throw line, but he did not make an impact on the defensive or offensive boards. No, his job was to catch the ball in the low post. And something I noticed, and uh, I think either Marv or Steve made a point to it, you saw a lot of bitching from Tim Duncan in this game, like a shit ton. Yeah, you did, right? That's a good point by you. He really was going at Steve Jambi, I think it was, who was the lead ref. And you had. Um... And there were some calls where it was pretty obvious. Like, there was a call towards the very the very end of the game. Might have even been an overtime where Jop kind of pulled the rug out from under him or pulled the chair away, and he obviously traveled. And then he's just bitching. It's like, you know you traveled. Put your head down and, and, and run to the other side. Like, we know you did it. And there were some egregious obvious fouls that he committed that he was like I'm I'm all for a player bitching when it's ticky tack but then it, it's like it becomes like the boy who cried wolf when you're going to complain about every single call yeah well I think at this point in his career he had kind of gotten to that 
that level in his mind where he felt like he was justified with everything, right? At this point, he's a three-time champion, and the Spurs are going deep in the playoffs every year. He's one of the top three players in the game at that point. And no, I agree, but if, save that for when it, when, when it matters, when there is a bullshit foul call. I think he was just getting upset because the game was getting away from him, and they needed him to do everything. And when, you know, a chance was taken away because of a foul – that either he committed or, you know, that didn't go against. Or I mean, it wasn't just this game. Him. You heard the announcers talk about how an assistant coach on the on the Mavs side was saying, you're too good to be bitching this much. Or, I mean, he just said, you're too good to be complaining this much or something like that. Mm, interesting. For the whole series. Yeah, I, I think you see and you don't see Duncan as that kind of a guy either. No, you don't. But he was known, especially later in his career, really – going at refs and really being a pain in the ass and being, you know, he was, he would get teed up a good amount. Yeah. He was a little bit more like passive aggressive in the way he would do it. Uh, you know, he wouldn't charge at a guy. He wasn't as overt as, you know, we see some of the guys today, Rashid. but he certainly what's that. Rasheed Wallace. Rasheed Wallace. Yeah. He wasn't Rasheed Wallace, but oh, he got under, yeah, uh, he, he would absolutely go at refs for sure and, and demand every call. So, uh, San Antonio goes on a little 10-2 run here with uh, 7 minutes and 30 seconds left in the third quarter. Dallas calls a timeout. You Genobly saw San Antonio really straight. crank up the D in the you second did. half. A little more trapping, a lot more hectic. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And, Things and started were, to move a lot really, more fast, a lot faster for Dallas. They were getting into Nowitzki too, right? You started to see a lot more double teams on him. Yeah, rightfully so. And he, but the thing yeah. is, he always made the right play, along with Duncan. Right, and that's why you know they're top thirty players all time, top forty players all time. You know because they're they could make the play. They recognized where in the game they needed to maybe force something a little bit, or when to trust their teammates. So yeah. I, I I I certainly acknowledge that. And you're right, the the defense was really ratcheted up there by your boy uh, Bruce Bowen. Uh, and San Antonio and Ginobili picking it up. He had scored five straight points, uh, hit a three, and then took a tough uh, tough drive to the basket. Dallas led by Don't seven. give my boy Bruce Brown any credit. All I saw him do was brick a couple shots. Oh, man. But you also see him play some defense, which helped get them back into this game. Yeah, he did play some good was. defense. Yeah, here you go. All right, so into the third quarter, Dallas leads by six. San Antonio is starting to get into it, but every time San Antonio looks like they're about to close in, a shot or two is made by Dallas, usually Nowitzki or Stack. Or Terry. Or Terry. Terry, yeah. usually. Absolutely. Terry uh, had a game. So it's fa- oh, he did, man. Yeah. No, he he was awesome. I mean, he, finished, uh, he finished with 27 points. Shot three of six from three, nine of 20 from the field. I mean, that's a, in f- almost 50 minutes of basketball. I mean, he was good defense as well. Good for general. Yeah, very good, very active on defense. Caused a couple turnovers. Yeah, and you could see he was playing with like that. Ah, fuck! I, you know, I, I fucked up our chance to win Game Six, so I'm I'm going to make sure we win this game. Yep. All right. So in the fourth quarter, Eric Dampier, who had done his best job on on Duncan, and there really wasn't much of one, he picks up his fifth foul basically just as soon as the quarter starts. Devin Harris, Josh Howard also had four. Same with Keith Van Horn. So their depth is being tested because everybody who's a big body 
not including Devin Harris, is in is in massive foul trouble because Duncan's just killing him. And like you said, that defense got ratcheted up and they made a couple of bad bad turnovers and then, you know, reckless reckless fouls, you know, in the third and early fourth. Yeah, absolutely. But I think when Dampier fouled out, that opened the door for Jop to have the best four to five minutes stretch of his career. Oh yeah. Absolutely, man, especially in the overtime. So here we go down the stretch in the fourth. Dampier fouls out after fouling Duncan with a minute and eight seconds left. Duncan makes one of two on the line. The game's tied. Ginobili drains a three with 32 seconds left. Clutch. And you're thinking, here we go. You know, this is clutch. And then right future down Hall the Future Hall of Famer right there. Oh, yeah, future Hall of Famer for sure, man. I mean, there's not many guys, especially when he went later in his career, who you'd rather have taking a big shot. Yeah. And the fact you had Duncan, him, and Parker on the same team for that long is crazy. For sure. Great option for all three of them. And then Dirk, this was his coming out party. You know, I'm sure you picked up on Marvin Steve talking a lot about, you know, this is is his time to shine. This is really when he's going to blossom. This is when he's going to take that next step. Because up to this point, he had been known as a guy that's flamed out early in the postseason and, hadn't come up in big moments, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, sometimes it wasn't to a fault of his own. Usually the teams that beat him were better. But, I mean, he was a guy that was just known as a big big regular season scorer, somebody that could fill it up in the playoffs but was never going to get over the hump. Which continued after this finals because they went on to lose. After beating, I believe, the Suns in the Western Conference Finals, um, yep. He went on to lose to my, uh, the Miami Heat with Shaq and D Wade and those guys. Yeah, and he didn't have a great series there. I mean, he played well, put up big stats, but didn't come up big. Obviously, he got his main redemption five years later against the the big three Miami team. So Dirk makes the three. He answers Ginobili shot with a big three point play to tie the game at one hundred four, and that's where the game stays heading into overtime. Just asking you a question. I know we know how this game finished, and but I certainly didn't remember any of the ebbs and flows of this game. When you're heading into the into overtime, you're just reactionary basketball thought process. Spurs are Who winning. Momentum? Spurs are winning this game, and I think that Manu Ginobili and Tim Duncan are going to take over. I mean, That's Tim was already taking really over, but I figured Manu would have a couple. Couple big plays sprinkled in that that overtime. It's in San Antonio. They just won the NBA Finals the year before. They had won two of the last three years, three since '99. It's just you know it's going to be the same old story, right? Yeah, absolutely. The most interesting thing was hearing that the Clippers had somehow advanced to the second round during this game. <laughs> I know that was funny. They were previewing Game Seven of that series. Like, what the fuck were the Clippers? Good. Before the Lob City team, like I couldn't remember at all. Yeah, I was trying to. I could honestly don't even know if I could name who's on the who was on that team. Darius Miles, probably. I, I couldn't you even tell you who's on that roster. Pull it up for me. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll get to. I'll get on that. <laughs> yeah, get on that because if they push that Suns team to seven, that's that's fascinating to me. Yeah, that Suns team was loaded, and you know. They should have. They should have won in in uh, 05 against the Spurs in the Western Finals. So you knew they were out for blood. So to be challenged by a Clipper team, it's 
second round to go the distance in the series. That's crazy. So Josh Howard fouls out with 2.45 left in OT. Dallas leads by four with a minute left. And here's our boy, man. We got Deshaun Jump. He just becomes the unsung hero. And uh, he's just making every play down the stretch with his master. Yep. Absolutely. Um, I mean, defensively, he, he shut down Tim Duncan. In the in in the late fourth quarter and overtime, did Duncan just look shot to you? Or yeah, I mean he, he had played a ton of minutes and he was getting fouled hard, especially for you know not nineties basketball but two thousands basketball. So Duncan finished with forty nine and playing forty nine and a half minutes. He had forty one points and fifteen boards, and he was just kind of out of it because in overtime. The guy shot one of seven. That's just not going to get it done. Yep. And probably a lot of it was Jack playing great defense, but also you know Duncan. He was coming up short on a lot of those on a lot of those close jump on a lot of those close layups and you know floaters that he was making early on. Um, Jack gets the offensive rebound with 22 seconds left in OT. He makes one of two for Dallas to go up five. Terry gets a loose ball rebound with 15 seconds left. He makes both. It's an eight-point Dallas lead. They end up winning the game. This is just an awesome game. And the intensity was so high because Cuban, what did he say? What did they report on the broadcast about what he said about San Antonio and the Riverwalk? He said that the river was, what, dirty and disgusting or something like that and that the fans were the rudest in the NBA? Yeah, so there was no love lost there. Uh, and obviously you're going up against uh, what seemed to be the dynasty. I mean, you had the Lakers beforehand, but they were two years removed now, and it looked like San Antonio was just finally – it was San Antonio and the Lakers. Now it looked like it was just going to be San Antonio in the West. You had Phoenix, who was pesky and, and trying to break through, and they were very good. But, yeah. yeah, for Dallas to go on the road in San Antonio where teams just never won – to win this game, I thought was just awesome. And this was Dirk's coming out party. This was when he really proved himself to be a bona fide superstar, right? Yeah, absolutely. Not just a guy who's going to get you big numbers in the regular season. He he took over this game when it needed to be taken over, and he made a lot of big shots and got to the line, too. He did, man. And he also, just like Duncan, played 49 and a half minutes. He shot 11 of 20 from the field. Only took one three which is not what we'll see later on of Dirk, but he made 15 of 16 from the line. You mentioned he was shooting at 90% for the year. Had 15 but the thing was, I know I know he only took one three, but earlier on in his career, he probably would have taken five or six, and they would have been the wrong shot. He took the right shot every single time in this game. He went to the yeah, basket a, good, a lot more. That's a good point. And like you said before about Avery Johnson coaching him, right? Like he wanted him to be more assertive inside, Take those open shots outside when you need to, but you're not an outside scorer. We need you down low. Yep. Absolutely. Setting up the rest of the team. I have the Clippers roster for you. I'll name you a couple highlights here since we're pretty much done with that game. Elton Brand on the team. That that I do remember now. Good player um, from Duke. We all know who he is. Sam Cassell on this team. Ageless Wonder. His birthday is in 1969. Sheesh. Um, well, he was on those Houston teams in the mid-90s. Yep, Chris Kamen on this team. Chris Kamen. 
Sean Livingston. I think this is pre-destroyed knees. Um, mm-hmm. Corey McGetty, another guy out of Duke. Katino okay. Mobley out of Rhode hey. Island. Um, Chris Wilcox, and then a bunch of guys you're probably never going to have heard of. You know, all of those guys had like two or three really good years, so I guess those two or three really good years, with the exception of Elton Brand, I think all came in 2006 with that Clippers team. Yeah, and then obviously Sean Livingston redesigns his career coming back off those knee injuries and um, wins with the Warriors. But yeah, I mean, Corey Maggette had a good run in the NBA as well as Catino Mobley. Yeah, they were good. They were good players in the mid two thousands. Um, so, just want to read you a couple box scores here, man, to finish up for this game. So, like I said, Duncan finished with forty one and fifteen. Your boy Bruce Bowen finished with nine. He had three rebounds, three blocks, assists, a steal. Michael Finley played forty six and a half minutes, shot four of eight from the field, hit three threes. Tony Parker nine of eighteen from the field at twenty four points, five assists. Ginobili he had twenty three. And here's where you start to see the bench, man. Nothing here. Brent Barry played 17 minutes. I, I couldn't tell you one of them, to be honest, watching this game. Yeah, I I was going to say I would have liked to have seen him a little bit more than Bowen, but Bowen made such an impact on defense, and, and Barry didn't do shit. So. Barry didn't score a single point in 17 minutes. Robert Ory, you know, they relied on him to hit that big shot the year before against Detroit in the finals. Uh, two points here, only took two shots. And Nick Van Exel, who was still around, again, he played almost eight minutes with no points. The Spurs is a total. shot 36 of 76 from the field. They went six of 19 from threes. Uh, went 33 of 39 from the line, so that probably helped keep them in the game. And then, they, But they had 10 turnovers. Again, that's not bad for a game that goes into overtime. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, for, yeah, for Dallas, we mentioned Nowitzki finishing with the uh, the 37 points, 15 boards. Jason Terry finished with 27. He had that big game, made three threes. Josh Howard finished with 18 and six with three assists and made a three in there. Devin Harris really didn't do anything in this game. This was before, you know, they gave him the leash before they traded him to the Nets for Jay Kidd. Um, Eric Dampier played almost 26 minutes, only had six points and three boards. He was in foul trouble the entire time. But this is where you start to see their bench, man. Stackhouse, over 40 minutes, 13.6 assists. Keith Van Horn made two huge threes in this game back-to-back to stave off a couple of big San Antonio runs. And then Jop in here, 10 minutes, three and three from the field, seven points, four boards, two huge blocks. And, uh, you know, the difference maker in overtime. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I just think that that's we when we do these recaps, you look for reasons to see why the team won the game and and the reasons. And I think the only glaring reason here, <clears throat> there's two: Tim Duncan not rebounding, although he did more than enough to to win this game. Obviously, and they the all bench. just came late. The bench. Yeah, the bench was the bench. That was, was the one and only reason, really. Yeah, and you mentioned Duncan's lack of rebounding. They just came way too late because they didn't happen at all in the first half when they needed him to get those balls. Yeah, you're um, Avery Johnson. I mean, we all know what Popovich has done, so I don't really have to talk about his coaching career. Avery Johnson's had an interesting coaching career. I wonder if uh, maybe he'll be in line when. Um, I don't know if the NBA's passed him by. I mean, maybe he, he can reform kind of 
his coaching style, but maybe he's in line for that Spurs job when uh, when Pop does retire because I think that's going to happen sooner rather than later. Oh, that's a really good that's a really good pick. I mean, he was he was the guy that made that big shot against the Knicks in the nine nine final, so mm-hmm. he had that close relationship with Pop. That's a good point. Yeah, I mean, he's he got his numbers retired that. by the Spurs as well. Is it really? I mm-hmm. didn't know that. So yeah, he's wow, had coaching it. stints. <clears throat> he's he's had coaching stints, obviously with the Mavs. And then he coached. I'm sure you remember this. Your Brooklyn Nets. Yeah. That was a couple tough years, dry years for you guys there, um, yeah. including a lockout season. And then he recently coached Alabama. Yeah, he, so he got fired halfway through the Nets' first year in Brooklyn. P.J. Carlissimo took over. I, I think the veterans just didn't really mesh with him. And uh, and then, yeah, he, go, he goes down and coaches in college. And, you know, Bama had a couple okay teams down there in the SEC. Did a good You're job right, recruiting. Okay. He got some players down there, including um, – Colin Sexton. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what, where he goes. I, I do like that San Antonio uh, pick by you. That's something we'll have to keep our eye on. Thank you. You heard it here first. Yeah. I like it. You're breaking news before even they know that it's a possibility. Yeah, even Avery Johnson here. knows. That's right. He has no idea. Maybe you should listen to the pod, and then you know you can reach out to Pop. Um, although I wouldn't mind seeing Becky Hamlin get the job. That would be cool, too. Good. I, I would be all in for that, um, and I think the Spurs are the organization to do it. Yeah. All right. You ready to get to some 2006 pop culture? Sure. Um, let's see. I didn't do any research because I wanted to keep it real and um, try and guess. So maybe I'll do better being that I was – my brain was a little bit more developed at this time, if I can remember. Let's see. What grade were you in in, two, in spring of 06? Sixth grade. Okay. It was easy yeah. for me because – for the year that it was, that's the grade that I was in. So I, I was in 12th grade in 2012. Perfect. That's, that is very easy. I yep. was in eighth grade. So, all right, man. On or around the time of May 22nd, 2006, can you name the number one song in the Billboard Top 100? I will give you one clue. Okay. She's still incredibly prominent today. It's a she? Yeah. Incredibly prominent. Yeah. But she married to Jay Z. No. But good guess. Is she engaged to A Rod? No. <sighs> Taylor Swift? Too early for nope. that? Nope. Too early for that. A little pre T Swift. Right? Yeah. T Swift was only country at this point. Mm. Mm. Uh. Sha- maybe Shakira? No, she's not that big now. No, even though she was on the halftime show, but no, not Shakira. Mm, give it to me. SOS by Rihanna. Ooh, shit. How did I not fucking guess that? Rihanna hasn't put out music in a while. I know she's done some things in fashion, but I'm clamoring for that, Rihanna. I know. Well, I mentioned still incredibly prominent because you hear her name and it's just like, no, yeah, she's still an A-list. Yeah, you don't have to question, like, oh, is she still doing, like, you know, like, it's, it's fucking Rihanna. Um, yeah. But yeah, S.O.S. was the number one song that week. The number one album on Billboard, you're not going to get this, so I'm just going to give it to you. It's 10,000 Days by Tool. Hmm. But um, the next week, Stadium Arcadium by the Red Hot Chili Peppers debuted and took over the charts for the summer. There it is. I was thinking next song we do might be some Chili Peppers. I don't know. Um, 
Didn't do one today. Got Everybody get today, over it. Um, all right, give me some more. All right, the number one movie. Can I take a guess? 2006. It's not a comedy. Step Brothers came out later that year, but it's not a comedy. This is, uh, I'll give you Nicolas Cage. Children's movie? No. Okay. Because I was going to say National Treasure. Um, Nicholas Cage. Was it Con Air? That was, too, that was earlier, right? That was like yeah. 03 or something. Yeah. Nicholas maybe this wasn't. Maybe I gave you a bad... No, maybe I gave you a bad guess. I thought this was Nicholas Cage, but now that I'm... Now I'm re-questioning. I might have given you a bad guess. Oh, Jesus Christ, Sean. Give me the movie. I know. The Da Vinci Code. Nicholas Cage was not in the Da Vinci Code. I just That's fucking National Treasure. It was Tom Hanks. Yeah. How do you get those two confused? <laughs> that's a joke, bro. That's bad, man. That's bad. Yeah, my fault. My fault. I was really, I was really Throw me shit clues. That's not him. Had that's you said Tom Hanks, I might have guessed Da Vinci Code. But Nicholas Cage, yeah. I mean, he's not even sniffing no. Da Vinci Code. Come no, on. he's not. No, I know. He's the National Treasure. That's bad on my part, and I apologize for it, but what can you do? It's already been done. All right, All right couple, a couple TV events for you. Uh, two big-time shows from, like, the late 90s into the early 2000s. Will and Grace and That 70s Show, they both ended. Tom, this one's for you. Hannah Montana and Yo Mama both premiered around this time. I'm sure you were huge in on both of those. Yo Mama, I was. <laughs> I was big into the Yo Mama jokes. Montana, you know <laughs> your sixth grade self watching her yeah I mean I could have had a thing with her if you gave me got me in a room with her yeah there you go uh, later in the fall um, just a quick this is kind of cool um, ESPN and NBC switched so NBC had their first year of the Al Michaels Chris Collins on Sunday Night Football and ESPN got Monday Night Football I believe so, I mentioned that. that. I believe I mentioned that earlier. Did I not? Oh when? no! Wait a minute. That was in my article. Well, fun fact. That's in my article well, that has yet to come to fruition about Disney. Oh, oh, uh, I'm, I'm sorry. We must have missed the non-cut. Al Michael, Al in the trade because that was actually a trade made for Al Michaels. The original Disney character was sent from NBC Universal back. Believe it or not. Really? Mm-hmm. Can you just release this damn thing so we can read about it? That sounds very interesting. Ah, uh, I don't want. It's got to be good. You know, I'm a perfectionist. I know. Well, you've been perfecting it for like three months, so. Well, we yeah, pretty much pretty since quarantine, right? Yeah, man. Come on, come on. All right. Uh, just to run down that year in sports. Vince Young had led Texas to the national championship over USC at the Rose Bowl that winter. Peyton Manning won his first Super Bowl in February as the Colts beat the Bears. Phil Mickelson won the Masters. Jimmy Johnson won the Daytona 500. Florida won its first of two straight national championships in the Final Four. They beat the UCLA team. The Heat ended up going on to beat the Mavs in the NBA Finals. And uh, the Cardinals beat the Tigers in the World Series. Can you name the character that it was Disney's first famous character after the Alice in Wonderland 
And it's the reason why they're so protective of their copyrights, because Walt got this one kind of stolen from him. Can you name who it is? I can't, man. Oswald the Lucky Rabbit. Yeah, you could have given me a hundred years. Would never come up with that. Do your research on that. All right. There's another rabbit that may have gotten a little more famous than Oswald the Lucky Rabbit. There was. uh, There was. I could just wait for your article, too. Uh, I'd be, you know, looking yep. forward to reading that. You're going to be waiting, buddy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what was the number one TV show? Uh, the number... So, there was no number one TV. I couldn't find the number one TV show at that time. They just showed those two that came off the air right around that right around that week. And then um, the ones that uh, debuted. That really? Because I could just do it right now. I literally Googled number one TV show in 2006. And it's American Idol. Was it really American Idol? Mm-hmm. Interesting. American Idol right. followed by Dancing with the Stars. That makes sense. Those shows were huge in the mid-2000s. What about the mid-2000s in pop culture stands out the most to you? These were some formative years. I mentioned I was in eighth grade, so I was heading in high school. You were in sixth grade. You were enjoying middle school life. Southern rock. Hustling, kid, hustling kids for uh, you know fake Yu-Gi-Oh cards. Um, Southern was, rap uh, for sure. So- Southern rap, yeah. T.I. and Outkast and all them. Um yeah, between that and sports, it's pretty much what I was into. So it, it was it was pretty much the rap scene. Yeah, a lot of a lot of interesting pop too. Like it was around the time where like a lot of groups were breaking up, and there was like they were all doing solo stuff. Yeah, not as good as the group yeah. ever. No, so so like JT was just like a monster. Well, aside from Fergie. Right, but like, yeah, obviously, right? Like, you, you didn't... Fergie was the Black Eyed Peas, right? Yeah, Will I Am was doing his thing. I mean, I think Ludacris was featured on almost every song. Snoop, at that point, had just sold out and was being featured on, like, every song. So, it was an interesting time for music, for sure. Yep. Absolutely. A lot of bad, a lot of bad like, MTV2, VH1, like... All those music channels, like, coming in, like, you were getting a lot of bad music blocks. Yeah, unfortunately, that was not the time (laughs) to be watching MTV jams. No, it was most certainly not. Um, But, yeah, pretty interesting, man. Um, Anything that you want to take away from mid-2000s NBA? I mean, we talked a lot about the late 90s last week uh, before we put a bow on this thing. What stood out to you most watching a little, you know, high-end mid-2000s NBA. It's starting to come into the game that was today. I, I think my first note was this game was a lot more fun to watch than the other one you made me watch. Um, <laughs> it was. Just looked a lot more like basketball that I'm used to seeing. Um, and, and this really was, I think, 2000 to, to 2010 was the decade of the Spurs, really. I mean, you have the Lakers early, but the Spurs were always around, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Because they were going at it with the Lakers early on, um, and you had the Kings in there too, and even a little bit of the Blazers. The East wasn't good. I mean, you had the Nets, and then the Pistons, and the Cavs just weren't ready yet. And you don't really even th- get... you can't even throw the Nets in there, bro. They never won. No, but they went to two straight finals. That's you right, wouldn't have mentioned them like... if you weren't a Nets fan. It was the Pistons. Well, yeah. I mean, but you know, the Pistons. 
they started by getting their asses kicked in 03 by the Nets, and then they come back the next year and go to the finals and win, and then they lose the next year to San Antonio because of Robert Ory, and then they lose to the Heat the next year. So it's like they won one, but they were prominent. I mean, if you look at the top teams in the from 2001 to 2006, it was basically, you know, you had the Heat come on just this this year, but it was really only Nets and Pistons. Those were really only the two teams that were going deep. And then the Nets fall out, and then you got the Pistons and Heat, and then the Cavs come out, you know, with LeBron getting them to the finals in 07. This the was, East was really a mess. This was J-Kid's last year with the Nets, right? Uh, 07. He got traded in February of 08. Okay. So it was 07, 08 was his, or, yeah, this was, his, I guess, his uh, second to last full year. Okay. But yeah, because they, they, the Heat had beaten them in the second round of the uh, Eastern playoffs and then took care of the Pistons uh, in the Eastern final. And then obviously you get the Celtics in 08 and they had the East. Um, I know Orlando had the 09, but you're right. It was kind of a weird era. Like it's not in the East because the the Spurs had it on lockdown. The Suns teams never quite got to the final. They were hosed in 05, right? I mean, the, yeah. the suspensions that never should have happened. Yeah, I mean, and the bad refereeing as well. Right. So yeah, this decade you're right. I mean, this was pretty much dominated by the Spurs. Kobe's Lakers, you know, went to three straight, one two to end the decade. Um. Yeah, the NBA was interesting then, and you you made a good point. It certainly paved the way to, to the NBA we know now. Yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. So how are you holding up over there before we go? Holding up all right, man. Just looking forward to the good weather. Uh, going to actually go up and see the parents next uh, on Monday. Nice. And spend spend a week with them. Hadn't seen them since haven't seen them since Christmas, honestly. So just spend six days up there. I mean, honestly, fucking, there's nothing else to do. So that'd be nice. They're supposed to open up uh, slowly. Open up Connecticut back on the twentieth. Yeah, how do you feel about that? I Are you use, getting a haircut? I was gonna. That was my my exact response. I could use a haircut. I think I I might just shave my head. To be honest with you, myself. So you really? Yeah, I'm pretty good at giving haircuts. I've already given them to my little cousins, and they look great. So. <laughs> is that a you opinion or is that a no opinion? no no even my aunt their mom was very impressed i gave him a little bit of a fade and i scissor cut the top but i might just wow. shave my head off honestly all right i mean it's, i think that that's still a better better call than you do in the blonde hair that you mentioned a couple weeks a couple months ago yeah don't do that i don't know man i'm still leaning that way no, I'd rather you shave. Are, are you going to keep facial hair, or are you just going to take care of it all? No, I'm just going to trim the beard. All right. Trim the beard, shave the head. I'm not going to go like a zero. I'm not going to be using a uh, like a, a bick on my head. I'm just going to do, you know, a three and a two. All right. Not, not bad, man. Honestly, I'm, I'm like torn as to whether I want to go or whether – I know I don't want to, but I figure, you know, wear a mask and just get a touch up because it, it just feels fucking ratty, you know? Yeah. You can only have it for so long. And you're not doing great yeah. in the hair department as it is, I mean. No, but you know, the problem <laughs> is, is it's, it's not, it, it's not, you know, the front is obviously not an issue. There's not a whole lot there. 
the problem is, is it grows inside the backs, so it's hard to tame. It, you know. It Speaking of Manu Ginobili, you kind of have like almost a Manu do going on, like a late Manu. Well, no, he would have that. more of a bald spot at the top, right? Yeah, no, I, I don't have, it's just, I don't even have like a bald spot, it's just like a receded line. So it's like more of a LeBron kind of thing. <laughs> but I, but yeah. with the hair on the sides and the back, you know, like there's only an okay length where it's suitable. And I feel like I've not only passed that, but I've like driven over the cliff with that. So I, <laughs> I think everyone I want, has, I don't think you're the I, only I, one. Pal. I, 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 want, I want the cut. I'll um, give you a cut. Especially as it gets warmer. I don't know. You're just going to ridicule me the whole time. And then you're going to, but you know, after I ridicule you, it will come out and you'll be like, damn, you did a good job. You didn't do me wrong. I, I don't know. I hope that that's the case. But I, I also wonder that for your own sick kind of enjoyment, that you fuck it up so you can laugh permanently at me and I can't go out of my house. Well, I mean, it's, one, it's not going to be permanent. Two, I mean, come on. At some point, you're going to have to go back to work, so I don't want to ruin your hair. September. Oh, we have time. It'll grow back. I'll ruin it. <laughs> yeah, I'll be working at home until September, but... I still want to do some socially distance things and see people, and I don't want to look like a. I don't want to look worse than I do now. I feel like I'm already struggling a little bit. Thank God I got the facial hair. Like that for me is big. I just. I just want to get out on the on the golf course. Yeah. I mean, I've been working. You know, I've been taking a hundred putts a day, working on the short game. But there's nothing like getting out there on the course. Well, you're gonna have plenty of opportunities, my man. Weather's gonna be a lot better. Hey, any new ideas that have popped into your head? Nothing lately, man. Nothing lately. Still trying to figure out the whole demolition thing. Still, still workshopping that. Nothing's come up recently, but I'll be sure to let the world know when it does. No, I'm looking forward to it. Anyway, I think we can wrap this up, bud. You got anything else? No, that's it, man. We'll be back next week at some point. Um, you'll be up there with your parents, but we can still throw this thing on over the phone. You're uh, on the phone every time uh, anyway, so. That's my thought exactly. I mean, we got the last dance, the final episodes on Sunday, so we'll recap those. Sad to see it go. It sucks, man. It really does. I feel like it just came and went. Like, I can't believe this is the fifth week already. I know, I know. It's depressing, but... There is some good news, a few things coming back. Hopefully, um, MLB is making progress as well as the NBA. So, Yeah, it sounds like you know things are moving in the right direction there. One thing that did move in the right direction, I'm not sure if you saw this, but the New York Giants uh, Corner. cornerback, <laughs> DeAndre Baker, uh, has an arrest warrant out for him. Uh, armed robbery. of armed robbery and assault. So, O.J. Simpson style, say, baby. Needless to say, he will not be playing another game for the New York Giants, and that is just very upsetting. Because Maybe it was a mistake. Yeah, and that's the weird thing, man. Like, you know. Although there's another the corner, round. the Seahawks corner is wanted as well. So. Yeah, they were together. I'm drawing a blank. I'm and guess saying. what college they went to? Florida. And guess where this robbery happened? In Allegedly. Florida. South Where Florida. there's parties going on, because this happened at a party. Apparently, it was over a cart game gone wrong, and, and people were boozing, and you know tensions got high. Listen, I'm not going to go out and and just terrorize the guy. He, he's going to pay plenty of 
freaking penalties here. He's never going to play another game for the Giants. But maybe the Browns will take him because if it's not the Browns, it'll be the Raiders or the Chiefs. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you know, so it'll be somebody like that. But it sucks, though, because this is a former first-round pick from last year who played well down the stretch, has a number one corner body. You were hoping that bringing in um, Bradbury was going to take some pressure off him. Now they don't have a number two corner. They got a lot of slot corners. They don't have another, you know, number two go stick on your guy corner. And it just fucking sucks. But what can you do? Hey, maybe he'll get found, you know, not guilty or something. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen based off what I've been reading. No, I'm, I'm trying to keep the positivity, but probably not. <laughs> no need to keep it positive, man. The positive is it happened now, and, uh, you know, his giant career will be... He'll be in another one of my... Uh, draft busts when we do this again in five years yeah not a bad pick though <laughs> not yeah, a bad pick by uh gettleman and that's the weird it was like number 31 overall and it's weird because like he was good at georgia but the person like you know like the character questions here's my thing about nfl guys and gms and executives you can only go based off of what the college coaches are saying are you mean to tell me that in the first year plus of his Giants career, his first 13 months, he was falling asleep in meetings last year, allegedly, and now he does this shit off the field? You mean to tell me there were no character questions through his four years at Georgia? Thanks, Kirby Smart. Get the fuck out of here. Come mm-hmm. on. Sorry. That's bad. That's bad. Andrew Thomas, please don't be a bad guy. There you go. <laughs> all right man good talking to you enjoy the weekend enjoy the golf course and uh and enjoy the last dance and we'll talk next week yes sir you tell your parents i said hi send them my love obviously um, obviously safe so trip up there and uh everybody enjoy the weather it. yeah everybody enjoy the weather but not too much still please be safe and don't fuck it up for everyone else thank you perfect way to put it all right everybody <laughs> bye guys